2: In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 243 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is Russ, and join with me are Richard and Jim.
0: Hey, hey, everybody! Hey, everybody. We, ate Dar- <laughs> we ate. We ate. We ate Daryl. He was delicious with a little fava beans and some nice Chianti.
3: (laughs) What wine would your wife say would pair
0: better with Daryl? Gee, I don't know. I think he'd be real tough and (laughs) grisly. You'd have to cook him down for a long time before that would be tender and stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Well, we're here to talk about Season 9, Episode 2, The Bridge
0: or as i like to call it the metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing there's one thing walking dead is not it's subtle with its symbolism. <laughs> yes. It's Like oh we're all trying to work together to build a bridge. Hmm. 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 And we're but I will say building this is, a bridge. Yes, we're literally building a bridge.
1: Yeah.
3: Is it just me or was this the best written episode in over 2 seasons?
1: It was mighty good, i will say that.
0: It was good. It was good. It's definitely, I was worried that the, like the conflicts of the groups or whatever was going to be really contrived and stuff, but the way they're writing it is really making it a, a good transition from what happened before.
3: You know? Right. Well, and it kind of makes sense to the yeah. way each group is acting in a way to the yeah. way each group is acting in a way.
1: We had some news, I guess uh, there, there really hasn't been news news. Um, the, I guess the only news, and we we kind of talked about this last week, so I don't want to beat it to death uh, this week. But only only that the ratings took another took another dip this week. Uh, it was down to a two point from a two point five for the premiere, which uh, I, I it surprises me in the fact that last week was such a strong episode. I would have thought that it would have at least held on, and I was surprised it didn't even uptick a little bit just because of word of mouth, but.
3: Have we seen the plus seven numbers yet?
0: No. No. Yeah. I think we're definitely gonna need to like see some of that word of mouth Well I see some of that word of mouth kick in yeah. you know about about the show improving before we see the numbers take a jump. But I mean like we said last time, it's still like the highest rated show on, second highest rated show on cable after Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean it's not it's not, you know, nothing to sneeze at, even with the, the dip in the ratings. Yeah,
3: it's I- wonder if Fear the Walking Dead, the change in it, hurt it in a way as well, where a lot of us that were not very satisfied with Fear the Walking Dead through the first three seasons, totally flipped on the fourth season, because it was really, really well done. Second half could have been a little better, but it was still really well done. Um, But what's funny, you know, I'm members of the subreddits for Walking Dead and for Fear the Walking Dead, and in the Fear the Walking Dead one, I never quite understood why so many people just love this, that, and the other about the first three seasons. And since the fourth season, there's been nothing but vitriol and hate.
0: Wow. And so
3: I, I was really surprised because they're talking about, you know, they're mad that Madison's gone and Nick is gone and the, this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, that's some of the best stuff about, well, not necessarily Madison being gone, but yeah. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't love this last season of Fear the Walking Dead, but I wonder if a lot of those people that got turned off to Fear have now done the same thing with um, Walking Dead because it's got a new showrunner and it's a new, you know, fresh
0: story now. They're starting fresh from a year and a half later and whatnot. Kind of a corollary to that. I wonder if having two shows on and not having a break in between them is kind of, hurting this too because I mean when it was just the, the parent show I mean when it would premiere it would be a big deal you know I mean they'd promote it for a month ahead of time and everybody got oh season's new season's starting or whatever and now it's just like wall to wall walking dead all the time whether it's fear or, or the parent show and it's kind of maybe taking away a little bit of that specialness of the premiere you know what I mean
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I can definitely see that um, I, I'm curious to see if, if the rest of this half season is as well done as as the first two episodes have been i'm curious to see if the break at at the midpoint if we don't see an uptick for the second half like basically people you know talk it up word of mouth people maybe catch up maybe if rick's out last episode is is that you know eighth episode or something like that maybe you know maybe it gets an uptick and and it carries forward um we'll see but but again there's yeah. You know like like we said last week. The show a this is the way that TV ratings are going. They're going down across the board. Well, yeah. You know, I in mean- in general. It's not just The Walking Dead, it's it's network television overall. I mean, it's funny a, t- yes. I, a 2.0 is is like one of the highest rated shows on television right now whereas 20 years ago that would have gotten ca- you canceled after like two episodes.
3: Um, well, I mean, the thing is, it's it's the paradigm shift of the way people are ingesting their entertainment now. Sure. I mean, we've talked about this before, but I mean, I mean, now AT and T's talking about a streaming service for WB, and you know, um, even a Walmart is starting a streaming service with original content. I mean, it's getting ridiculous out there, and I, it, people's attention is so fragmented. I mean, I am so behind on. The new seasons of television, I haven't seen any of the new DC stuff yet. I still haven't watched, like, Luke Cage Season 2 and Iron Fist Season 2. Not that I'm that excited to do that. But, you know, and then there's other things that are out just, I mean... it's hard to keep up anymore so you know a lot of things i'm still gonna watch those things but it's probably going to be much later because right now i'm having to prioritize things
0: yeah and i mean you, even facebook debuted a half hour sitcom or um show this week yeah um um sorry for your loss um but yeah you're right i mean there's so many different uh, outlets right now and so many different things going on um it's hard to keep up i mean between this and and the you know nothing's on podcast, I'm watching tons and tons of shows, and I'm still behind.
3: Well, and like so. I also wonder, you know, with AT T launching this WB thing, is it going to be included into what I've paid for for the DC app, or is it going to be separate? I mean, if they're going to nickel and dime to death even within their own companies, it, it's there. Uh, there are just going to be things I can't watch anymore. That's all it's going to be. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I I envision a, a point in the not so near future where it's like for six months out of the year I'm a subscriber to Netflix, and for six months I'm not, and I'm a subscriber to you know whatever else, and I just you basically just kind of come and go in and out of things, uh, and just kind of binge and catch up and 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 ditch and you know just kind of come come back and forth. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. But, you know, again, you know, these are only U.S. ratings or only live ratings. They're not plus sevens, which, again, makes it tricky because you have advertisers. Uh, one of the things we didn't talk about was this AMC Premiere that they've launched, which is like a, uh, you know, which is kind of nuts that you pay more money and you get to see like – the episode ahead of time, and you get to see what the next, you know, ten minutes of the next, uh, the next episode a week early or something like that, and
3: commercial free, as commercial well,
1: free, or- yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know what that's netting them. I mean, for, from AMC's perspective, why not, right? I mean, it it it's it's gravy at this point.
3: If I didn't have YouTube TV, I would probably do that because I hate the commercials on AMC's site streaming it from there, but. I DVR it basically on YouTube TV so I can just skip the commercials and it's no problem.
1: But, you know, and and we talked about other revenue sources. We talked about international. We talked about all kinds of other things. So, I mean, again, being that AMC, this is internal to them. This show has a long tail, a very long tail. And and if it's going to constantly be a rotating cast, whether that's good or bad, I think it helps them keep their costs down too. You know, this isn't a... A friends scenario. I, th- I think that's you know kind of what they're seeing it with you know with you know there's there's rumor that Redis actually signed that deal uh, like a, a very lucrative uh, high 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 dollar deal with AMC you know but but they're they're not yeah. known for paying you know even their star actors on the show a tremendous amount of money and, and again you know everybody's kind of expendable it's that kind of show so
0: I think now that they're getting some syndication money too they're able to maybe pay a little more to their you know, the core actors like Redis, and, uh, you know, maybe they'll be able to, you know, drive the money truck up for tonight Guerra when the time comes. I think her contract's up to the end of the season. Yeah. So we'll see.
1: Yep. But we'll see. I mean, I honestly, over the coming weeks, I would not be surprised if it, if the numbers continue to slide, uh, to some degree, to be honest with you. Um. But again, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's a uh, you know I don't think it's anything to worry about. There, AMC's fully committed to The Walking Dead, and I, I think it's going to be around for for quite some time to come. So. Well, I
3: wonder how many other Brad's are out there. Like Brad, you know, he was gung ho for Walking Dead. He helped start this podcast, all of that stuff. And then recently, when we talked to him, he was like, "Yeah, I wasn't even going to watch season nine, but I'll probably watch it now that I know Lincoln and and and." Uh, Cohen's leaving just to see what happens so you know obviously somebody who was super enthused at the beginning of this series has completely lost I, just how many more are there like that I, I'm guessing quite a bit because the the way they did the last two seasons while there were enjoyable things it just was not good Yeah, it wasn't cohesive so
1: agreed All right, so that's that's our little bit of news. I don't have anything. Uh, there's not, like I said, there's not really anything else going on that I'm aware of. Um, but this episode starts with Rick, uh, and it's obvious to me. I mean, it was pretty obvious. He's visiting Negan in his cell, or wherever they're, you know, they're keeping him. And you know, he just kind of says, "Oh, it's been a while since we've had this talk. Let me catch you up on, you know, what's going on." He says it's day thirty-five. And that confused me at first because I was like, day 35, like, I thought for a minute, was he going back and telling him, like, okay, day 35 from the beginning or, you know, what's going on? And then then when he started talking about the bridge and everything else, I was like, oh, okay. it's, it's. And then we find out later when Jesus talks to Maggie and he says, you know, he's been down there a month, like, you know, that, that, that Earl's been down there a month. I'm like, oh, okay. So the 35 days was the 35 days since they started the bridge. the bridge. Yeah. Right, um, right and and it's kind of like this you know we we get Rick talking and then we cut away to what's really going on. it's they've set up a camp outside the bridge where everybody's kind of gotten tense, and it was kind of a cool thing, like Jerry's getting some I like, action, I
0: mean, i like the I like the sign they had it said the future, yes, yes, you know, at the work camp, I thought that was pretty pretty telling, you know, yeah, and like it's it's interesting too that like. They have this idea of what the future should be, and yet all the tension at the camp and everything is kind of playing off that again. There's a lot of symbolism in this episode. It's not subtle in any way, but it works, yeah. one
3: of my favorite little Easter egg symbols was at the camp where they're making the bridge, and they had that that pole of the different signs to you know hilltop and Alexandria, and then at the bottom, Toledo. I was like,, ha, 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 it's a mash reference, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And I, I was like, oh, maybe not. But then they actually confirmed that on the talking that after I was like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's pretty funny.
3: Um, But I thought it was kind of cool that they're all, you know, for the
1: most part, I mean, er, I mean, obviously, there's some issues with the savers that we'll get into. But but everybody's kind of getting along. And like I said, I, I I thought it was cool. Jerry's Jerry's getting some action. Jerry's getting some love.
0: So it it's about, real. Well, yeah, uh, it's that, about, it's we'll, about time for Jerry, though.
1: That's right. Um, but they mentioned, you know, a, as they're going through things, that uh, six of the saviors have walked off the job. I love, and 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 they put it that way too. It's like it's it's like a construction, you know, project, and you know, there's there's you know six guys that that just left. Right. Which obviously, that's sure. trouble ahead, as as we'll find.
3: Uh Right, but I mean, with with the reputation of the saviors and everything else, it wouldn't. I mean, it it makes sense. It wouldn't really be raising alarms that they're just leaving, you know. No, but
1: But, I. No, but it definitely puts pressure on Rick because. Oh yeah, you know he's he he's so, and we find he's trying to hold it all together, together. together. (laughs) And, And we kind of, you know, as we get to the end, we kind of see where he has his moment where he's so focused on the fact that they're going to work on this bridge. They're all going to work on it together. Everybody's going to be, you know, one big happy family kumbaya and we're, you know, you know, I'm going to show them it's going to work. He's so, he's almost blinded by his determination to make it work that he's he's letting things slip um, as, as we'll, we'll find as well. Enid is training to be, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, like a a medic at best, uh, and eventually, I'm assuming a doctor. I mean, at the you know, there's there's not going to be any more medical schools, so the only way you're going to learn how to be a doctor is by reading a bunch of books and having a doctor teach you how to be a doctor. So, uh,
0: I really like the. um oh, oh, ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I really like the kind of walk and talk that Rick and Eugene had. Yeah. When he finds out about the CD, it reminded me of like an Aaron Sorkin TV show, like West Wing or something. Yeah. yeah. They have, you know the walk and talk, but like. It was a good way to fill everybody in on, on what's going on with this without, like, you know, just big exposition, just like he he has to break it down to Rick, so it makes sense in the story, you know? Yeah. They have to do it a week before the levee breaks or have nowhere to stay. And I really liked the way they were talking about the Walker herds like uh, hurricanes.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, like a Category 3, about 100 zombies close by. And yeah. i like that. I thought it was a cool way for them to manage the, the, the Walker situation, yeah.
1: And then he mentions, you know, the, the food. The food is getting thin. Like, you know, they're 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 running low on food. And of oh, course yeah. Rick has a plan for that, which is Michonne, uh, who goes to the hilltop to try and sweet talk Maggie into giving up more food. And uh and she ain't she ain't having it because when Ma you know when when Michonne gets there you know, Jesus mentions like, "Hey, they didn't show up with that ethanol they were supposed to show up with like six, you know, days ago or whatever, and uh, nobody's seen them. So, what's going on? Like, you know, again, Maggie, Maggie was reluctant to kind of go down this road to begin with, and she agreed to it, and now it's it's like, okay, well, if she feels like she's being taken advantage of, she's just gonna, you know, just gonna be like, screw you. Like, no, I'm not gonna just keep bending over. I'm not gonna keep saying, well oh, yeah, we'll make this deal and, and you know, you guys are going to have, you, you know, this is your end of the bargain and this is my end of the bargain. Oh, you broke your end, so
3: I'm going to still honor mine. It's like and I can totally support that. You yeah, know? for sure. Her, you know, it yeah. makes sense. I, I know that it's causing tension, but it makes sense. It's, it's the right decision for a leader of a community to make in this
0: situation. Well, there seems to be this whole thing lately, and this isn't the first time it's happened where Maggie – you know, it's like stonewalling and and, and you know it's taking a tough stance and everything, and then finally relents. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's like a, it's a pattern we've seen a few times with Maggie. Now, yeah, and so uh, you know, I'm sorry, nope. it'll make sense. You know, down the road, since we know that she, you know, is going to come into conflict, is you know, they're constantly setting up this thing where she's had to compromise her her leadership mm-hmm. to, for the greater good. You know, and it's kind of bitten her in the ass a few times. Yeah.
1: Well, and she's being a little bit. again kind of like Rick like Rick is committed to what he's doing and he's almost blinded by it Maggie is so committed to being the leader and playing hardball that she almost like cuts off her nose to spite her face you know when she's like oh well you know Michonne mentions to her oh what about the plow that we brought back and she's like well it, it, it needs to be fixed and I don't have a blacksmith right now because he's in jail and Michonne is like well can't you like have him come out and fix it and you can plow these fields? You know, it's, it's just like, and Maggie's like, well, we have enough food. Like, the only reason we would do that is to make up enough food for everybody else. And I'm like, y- can you ever have. Too much food? <laughs> like, is that is that a thing? Like, I mean, I, I guess well, technically... You it could. also
0: highlights how they don't have, like, codified laws. You know yes. what I mean? They don't have a thing where you do this, this is what happens. You know what I mean? You do this, this is a clear consequence. I mean, you yeah, know, they've got Earl in there with, like, no timetable at all for release, no visitation, you know, none of that, because they haven't worked that part out, you know? Yeah.
1: And And again... You know, there's always something going on. You know, especially when it comes to food. It's like, why would you limit your opportunity to make more food? You know, what if you had a bad crop or a freeze or, uh, you know, weevils or you know rats or whatever? Um, And she's, you know, she's so committed to the fact that she's going to punish this guy because, you know, it's 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 what she thinks she needs to do. And on top of it, she's not going to make more food for everybody else to take advantage of. Um, but, but again, in the end, I think she's kind of hurting herself. Like she's, uh, it's, it's definitely coming back. It definitely could have a potential to come back. So she, um, but she stands firm and, uh, you know, she tells Michonne, well, it's late. You could, you could stay here. And Michonne's like, yeah, I think I, I think I will. And so again, Michonne is, as we saw last episode, she's angling for civility, right? So, or n- not just civility, but rules, laws, um, you know, they they all need to start kind of coming to a determination as to how they're going to inf- you know make laws, enforce laws, treat each other. You know who gets the say you know who gets to say who lives, who dies, who you know who's punished, who's not punished, um, and all those those kind of things. And so this is kind of her subtle way of of kind of working it. And it and it it, it all worked to me. Like her, it, you know, she wasn't annoying with it. She wasn't conniving with it. She was you know she she's coming from a place of of truly wanting to do the right thing and you know when she has later we'll get to it when she has her talk with Jesus i was like this is like well done like i again i think the writing yeah. um you know I, I don't know if it's just cuz Angela king is taking um you, you know the right the right either hard or soft touched to the to the writers room but it just seems like they're we're not seeing some of this like stupid decision uh Making like you know just, just kind of sloppy storytelling and those kind of things. I mean, we saw a little bit of it last week, but but again, I think we we kind of explained the the, the purpose and the payoff of that. Um, but this week, everything you know seemed to full, flow natural. Like you could you could understand people's motivations and reason for for them to to you know say and and do the things that
0: they're doing. And Michonne is like a hundred percent behind Rick. Sure, yeah. but she but she realizes that Rick can't do it all himself you know, and yeah. he's got his hands full trying to keep the saviors, you know, in line, trying to keep everyone else from killing the saviors, trying to keep everybody on task and everything, and I think she's trying to do her best to, like, fix the shifting sand behind him that he's, you know, he's leaving in his wake, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, I, I, I'm glad they're giving everyone, like, a chance to act, and act in a way that makes sense, you know. We're not, I know, like, in the past seasons, past we've questioned, like, some of the motives, you know, it's like, why... Why are they acting this way? There wasn't a consistency from episode okay. to episode, and I think they've really worked on that a lot so far in this season.
3: Well, I, I, I feel, and you guys may have talked about this last week. I haven't heard last week yet, but um, I feel that a lot of things have leveled up on this show this season. I mean, the the effects alone, the makeup of these zombies, I I think has been a higher quality than they've had in a while on there and they've always had pretty high quality makeup effects and whatnot. But I mean, this season, I mean, it reminds me of, of uh, season two where you got some really good shots of some really gory zombies and whatnot. So I, I, I think they've leveled up in that area. The cinematography is worlds different than it has been the last two seasons. And it is a huge improvement. The direction, the editing seems well done. Um, I mean, everything seems to have leveled back up after what we've experienced the
0: last couple of seasons. Agreed. Yeah, I'm down with that. I agree with that.
3: So if that's Angela Kang, then hats off. Yeah.
0: I need, well, I think I really needed it, too, you know. For sure, for sure. And again, I think, I know we were talking about the ratings at the beginning, but I think that the um, you know the word of mouth, as people realize that, you know, it's getting back to where it should be, is really going to, you know, eventually bring the, bring the ratings either in line or, or bring them even back up. So, I mean, we'll see, obviously.
1: Yep. I have a note here that says Aaron's beard. Aaron's growing a, growing a mighty, impressive beard.
0: I'm very yeah. impressed with his beard. Got to respect the beard. That's right. I love, I love the, I love the scene with him and Daryl when he tells Daryl what a great dad he'd be. Yeah, Daryl's like, "Are you high?" He's like, "What?" <laughs>
1: he just has that nail in his hand. He looks at him like, "What?" <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, <clears throat> and I forget the, what's uh, the kid. What's his name? The the Henry. No. Henry. Yes, I'm sorry, Henry. Yes. Um Henry's, you know, kind of being, you know, uh, guarding the water um and uh and gives it to the I I didn't catch the the savior with the long hair, the the one uh he's actually on Agents of Shield. He played this Russian uh uh Russian guy
3: Joe or For some reason I'm thinking it started with a J. I don't know.
1: Anyway. I didn't I kept I kept listening for his name and I didn't catch his name, which was bugging me.
3: That I they mentioned it a few times on Talking Dead. That's what is I'm trying it to Jed? remember. It was, I don't remember. But No, that's not. Jerk. Jerk. It was Jerk.
1: Yeah, close enough. Um yeah, I didn't catch his I didn't catch his name, so it was really bugging me. Um is it Justin. Justin. Ah. yes, Justin. Justin. Yeah. Sorry, Zach McGowan. Um, who's the actor? Um but yeah, Henry g- goes over gives gives Justin some water. It's not enough. He wants to take more, so he pushes Henry down. And then Daryl gets up, and you know they they kind of get into it. Uh, well, first
3: Henry takes him down right. with his right stick. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, I like.
0: That. And then yeah, and then Jed like mocks him for being tuned up by a kid. Yes. Yeah. And then Daryl and Justin go at it. Yeah,
1: and then of course Rick sees it and tries to, sp- to split them up. And he kind of again, Rick, because he wants he's committed to making this work. He's kind of diplomatic about it, and you know, just kind of tells everybody to to cool off, and uh, you know, and 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 you know, the problem at this point is is Daryl's like, look, they're they're no good. Like they are the, the, these people are rotten, and we keep trying to make it work with them, and it, it's not going to work. And you know, you know, Daryl's opinion is like, we just need to cut ties with these with these. Like enough is enough. Yeah. Um, You know. And we
0: keep seeing the and between this episode and last, we're seeing more and more chinks in the Daryl and Rick friendship over the Saviors. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, especially with this Justin thing. You know, Daryl kind of questions Rick's leadership. You know, letting Justin off. Yeah. And uh, you know, Rick kind of stands up to him. We're seeing like, I mean, in the past few seasons, you know, Rick and Daryl have been like thick as thieves. You know, watching each other's backs. Here, we're kind of seeing them facing off on this issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he even questions if they're on the same side. He's like, we're all on the same yeah. side. And he's like, Are we? Are we, Rick?
0: Yeah.
1: Um I, I think I think we moved in that direction at the end of the episode, but uh but we'll see how that plays out. We cut back to the hilltop and Tammy's standing outside the 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 storm uh the shelter doors were down into the to the basement where they're keeping Earl. And she's like, look, I've lost my son. My husband's been locked up here. I haven't seen him in a month. She won't let me go down and see him. And, you know, she's trying to kind of plea. She's making a plea to Jesus uh, that she wants to visit Earl. And, uh, you know, she puts her chair down and says, look, you tell Maggie I'm going to stay right here and I'm not moving until she
3: lets me. She lets me down there. Um, By the way, it's great to see Brett Butler on. I mean, she is amazing. It's been so long. I can't even remember the last thing I saw her on. Uh, Grace under fire. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's cool to see her in a serious role too. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I know she's known for stand-up mostly in comedies. Yeah.
1: Um, we see Anne and Father Gabriel where they start to have a bit of a moment, and Anne is is drawing a picture, um, which we'll find out who that is a little later on. But you could tell she's she's obviously. Making uh, making overtures to
0: to Father Gabriel. Yeah, they are talking about frog mating calls and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. That's a little kinky. Yeah, and he's not Catholic. Uh, <laughs> and then Gabriel it mentions, oh, I'm Episcopalian. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Catholic. You know, all, I mean, he can get freaky dicky if he needs to. You know? Yeah. Round cow. Uh,
1: but I thought it was cool that you know she she's like, well, they don't accept me. You know they're 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 not going to take me in, and and she even admits like with good reason like they they have a reason not to not to trust me and not to want me in their in their crew, and and Gabriel says well the same was true with me you know and and it's really some of this was a little just maybe a little slightly over the top with the whole Rick love um, yeah but Gabriel said you know that's that's what's great about Rick is you know he you know he accepted me and he forgave me and he took me back in and gave me an opportunity to prove myself. And, um, you know, and just, just trying to reassure her if she sticks with it, like she'll, and she kind of stays with the plan. Like she'll, they'll forgive her too. Like she, she can, she can kind of turn that corner.
0: Well, the thing that I thought was cheesy, it wasn't that was, um, Gabriel says something like, I'm supposed to be on watch. And then Jadis was like, was like, then watch, and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> but anyway, it was it was a cool scene. It's interesting to see those two kind of misfits uh, put together too. Yeah,
1: I definitely like this uh, version of Jadis better than the the, than the other version of Jadis. Isn't it Anne now? Or yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm. Yeah, that's why I'm yeah. yeah,
3: I'm liking this version of Father Gabriel. He looks like a badass now. <laughs> so.
1: Well, and, yeah, and I think he's finally. Figured out who he is. I I, I think we're done with the flip floppy, uh, doesn't know what side he's on, looking to save his own ass. Father Gabriel, and it, and if so, I, I'm I'm glad.
3: That's one of the few storylines that evolved last season that I thought paid off well. Was him coming into his own, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: So we cut back to the hilltop, and uh, we get the scene with Maggie and Jesus. And, uh, uh, Maggie, Maggie looks through the, um, Maggie looks through the, uh, or, uh, Jesus is looking through the the letters and sees that, uh, again, they, they've kind of been like pen paling with Georgie and, um, uh, you know, Maggie's kind of like, you know, playing along and humoring her and, um... Saying you know, and Jesus is like, well, you know, she's going to keep asking you if you want to, you know, join up. And Maggie's like, nope. um, you know, Maggie's for you know, firmly with the hilltop. I mean, that's you know, she's she's committed to making it work. And you could see outside, you know, they're building. You know, they have the main house, and you could see they're building up the other houses. They're reinforcing the walls. They've got the, you know, they're getting the crops going and everything. It's kind of cool just seeing these communities. I mean, obviously we we've seen. A little bit of Alexandria, we've seen a little bit of the hilltop. we haven't really seen too much of the other areas yet, but it's kind of cool to see them you know building back up and and expanding um, and and really you know working on on making on moving forward with with where they are so
0: yeah, and they're kind of having their own flavors too I mean yeah. Alexandria is different from the hilltop, different from sanctuary and they're all kind of set apart from one another, so I mean, it's clearly delineated.
1: Yeah, um, and you know, she talks to Maggie about, or uh, Jesus talks to Maggie, Maggie about you know letting Tammy talk to Earl, and you know, they they kind of have this little. It was a really good back and forth they had, where Maggie's like, "Oh, or, you know, you know, Michonne's been talking to you," and uh, and Jesus is like, "Look, you know, just be, you know." good people can still disagree, right? Like, it's like, you can have an opinion, I can have an opinion. We don't have to agree with each other, and it doesn't make us, you know, terrible people, and it doesn't make us, you know, needing to be at each other's throats. There, There's a little metaphor for <laughs> for real life, if I ever heard one. Um, But, but, and I think Maggie starts to kind of see, like, you know, Jesus isn't against her, and he's not taking, you know, and, and I think he helped her see that Michonne isn't there to undermine her like that's not her thing but just to kind of give a different perspective and to maybe get her to to you know just think outside the box a little bit and not be so hard edged about you know just because you make a decision um doesn't mean you can't go back and kind of rethink it and you know and and adjust your opinion
0: yep if only we could apply that to real life exactly that's that's my uh
1: (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Um, but, uh, oh, then we cut to Rosita and, uh, and her, and the, and the, she's like the demolition woman now (laughs) or something. Rosita, (laughs) she's got her, she has got her hair braided up. She's got her, her, her sweatpants on. She's got her, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's lean and mean, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: and so, yeah, they both. Oh, is, is this where she has that line about I don't need somebody who tried to slash my face yes. off to tell me how to? Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> how yeah. to <they> do explosives? <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: Yeah. because I mean that that really kind of underlined me, like uh, you know, some of the big hatred that's still going on for the a lot of the saviors. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. She's like, shouldn't we move back? And and Rosita's like, no, trust me, I'm like I know what I'm do- doing. And yeah, then they have the bit about the whole slash in the face. So, <laughs> but but again, I think Rosita's is willing to you know okay yeah we're not going to you know go you know have a sleepover anytime soon but you know we could get this d- job done and we can you know we could you know get basically get along um but yeah they they blow the dynamite in an effort to make a big commotion to kind of move the herd uh off that direction to kind of guide you know what's going on so that they you know the the crew can can still make progress on the bridge um and it actually worked um yep. Well, 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 this stage, of, this stage mm-hmm, of the plan, part, worked works. um, so Maggie relents and she lets, uh, uh, she did let, uh, Tammy go see Earl, uh, and, you know, they, they, they're able to talk to her and Maggie's there watching, you know, as the two of them have their interaction and, you know, he talks about the, the drinking and. And everything, and so later, Maggie goes and talks to Earl herself, just goes down there kind of one on one, and she makes him tell her about his drinking and not just not just the incident with Gregory, but just overall like what what you know what's your story and she talks of and he talks about how you know he he started drinking when he quit smoking, and it wasn't like a gradual thing. he basically just went both feet forward into drinking uh and it was so bad he doesn't even remember like his son being born or remember, you know, anything about that, those moments because he was so drunk.
0: Um, this fight, I mean, this ties back to like season three. Yeah. You know, like when, when Herschel gets away from his yep. own house in Nebraska to go drink in the bar yeah. and, uh, Rick and Daryl find him and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's great to see it tie back to, to, you know, storylines from back then for long time viewers like us. Yeah.
1: And it gives me, and I think it gives Maggie a good out, to do what she does, which is let Earl out you know kind of on a provision provisionary basis to to do what he needs to do, because you know as she says at the end of the episode she's like you know somebody somebody once gave my father you know uh you know he he was he 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 was a drunk and he was given a second chance, and because of that you know other people you know were allowed an opportunity to do good things and to and to to live essentially um yeah and so it kind of Uh, She kind of gets some perspective on on Earl, but even Earl, like, says, he's like, he asks her, he's like, why didn't you, you know, you hung Gregory, but you didn't hang me? And she says, well, I I think she tells Jesus later, like, that, or she tells, um, I think she tells Michonne, like, some people can be saved, or some people can change and some people can't, or some people can be saved and some can't, you know, just like Gregory was rotten to the core. Like, I mean, just every opportunity he got, um, he he did bad things. No matter how many you know breaks she gave him, no matter how many times he, uh, you know he was caught red-handed. He's he was just he was he just couldn't stop. Um, and yeah. and she just didn't see that in in Earl. But but Earl even tells her like, I like Gregory didn't make me do those things. You know, the, trying to hurt you and everything else. Like yeah, it didn't work. But that was in me. Like that wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't hold a gun to my head and make me do it. All that stuff was in me. And so I think that kind of gives her the whole like keep him at arm's length. Like you, we see at the end of the episode, she lets him out, and there's there's a guy with a rifle standing there while he's doing his his thing. Um, right. But but it kind of speaks to, and we'll get to, to Maggie's kind of change of heart uh, in a little bit. But um, I, I love uh, so the, the the next scene is uh, is Tara where she's up in that uh, crane thing as the lookout and she has all those code names you know mother goose and and all those code names that that was yeah. it was like my favorite i think that was my favorite terror moment for the entire show right there was her up in that in that crow's nest or whatever doing the lookout and just kind of being uh
0: being a little goofy i some well-needed levity yes
1: yes but yeah so they they start talking about the 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 plan for what they're gonna do and they have so Jerry goes and has that that old you know almost like a like a bomb siren or whatever uh that he starts going and it leads the walkers away and the and the plan is lead them away to to get close to there and then the next group will pick up from there and so this is where it gets a little chaotic because you know, Tara's talking to Rick. Rick is trying to, you know, make sure that everybody's still moving forward on the bridge. He's talking to Tara about, you know, the first signal getting launched and and getting ready for the second one. And then uh, I forget the dude's name from the that he was with the sanctuary and then kind of got in with the hilltop who comes up to Rick and tells him about the sanctuary people. He's like, you know, Hey, they're, they're truly like, they didn't make it back to the sanctuary. And some of these people, like this one dude just had a kid and you know, these people have families and stuff like they, they wouldn't just like run away. Like this isn't what you think where they just said, screw you, we're out. Like, you know, he's he's, it's making it seem like something happened to them.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I have a good theory as to what's going on, but that's because I read the comic and I, I mean, it may not be that, but you know, it's interesting to hear people that don't read the comic, what some of their theories are as to where they're going to.
1: So, yeah, so Rick is trying to, to, to figure all that out and he finally lets, lets him talk. And then he gets the story about them being, you know, completely gone. Meanwhile, Tara's is trying to get a hold of him back again. And whoever was at the second, um, the second station, which we find out was Justin, um, never, never sounds the alarm. And so because he doesn't sound the alarm. Can I say it?
0: You had one job. Yeah, you had one job, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had one job, dude. It failed. I hate to get on Mimi, but yeah, you had one job. Yeah. Well, no, he said the walkies battery died or whatever. Are you telling
3: me you couldn't hear the other siren in the distance? To know that, oh, it's now time for me to turn this one on. Oh, yeah, that's the whole. I mean, that's the whole thing. It was all bullcrap.
1: Yeah. You know? um, so of course, uh, because all that is is happening, the walkers get closer than they would like, and chaos ensues. Rick realizes that, okay, if this is what's going on, those guys working over on the br- you know uh, on the bridge, they're in trouble. Um, so everybody kind of you know scrambles. We cut over to to Aaron and Daryl, and they're trying to you know bundle up these logs um, that they're they're needing for the bridge to to transport them. And when the walkers show up, Daryl's like, "Hey, we need to cut out of here. Like it's it's you know there's there's the the hordes coming. We have got to get out of here." Um, and one of the sanctuary people is on top of the top of the logs that they're trying to strap down with some rope, and he freaks out, lets go of his thing. The one of the one of the timbers falls down on poor Aaron and traps his arm under it. Um and Daryl tries to help help him free. Which that doesn't doesn't go so well. And so he's we get this really badass moment with Daryl where where he realizes like, okay, I'm not leaving him behind. I can't free him right now. And he pulls both knives out and just just kinda walks up like a badass and starts stabbing everybody. That was cool. That
3: was one of my favorite moments of the episode. Yeah. Just Yeah,
1: (laughs) that was cool. Uh, And they're able to clear enough of them out, and then Rick and his crew show up, and they're able to clear the rest out. Um, And when they finally get the log off of off of poor Aaron, his arm is just like hamburger meat. I mean, it's just completely—you know—the bone is broken. It's completely chewed up. It's—it's not—it's not not a good—it's not a good look. Um, (laughs) That's one way to put it. Yeah. So they end up getting him back to the camp, and of course. Rick sent Sadiq back to 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 um, Alexandria to go to go back home. So poor Enid is the only doctor, quote
3: unquote, that they have, and it was cool. Yeah, she jumped from giving stitches and putting band aids on things to amputating an appendage. Yeah, and when talk about graduating med school quickly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> I Man, I think don't. they're finally doing something interesting with Enid. Uh, it, it, yeah. it was nice to see her. Like she was decisive. She was assertive um and again i think they're trying to show like she's grown in these 18 months uh and so when they uncover it she looks at it she's like nope we got to amputate it and daryl's like what do you mean like no can't we can't you do something and she's like no we're not gonna be able to stop the bleeding there's you know it's not like you can take him to a hospital so it's you got to kind of act swiftly and so you know daryl daryl's like what do you have for pain and he's like and she's like it wouldn't even kick in if we had anything i mean so again Edith, i was really again." Improved yeah. writing, improved characterization. Um yep. Enid has been kind of a target of, of us on the show over over the the past few seasons about how terrible well, she could be.
0: Mean, they really didn't it really was kind of what she watched and what they wanted to do with yeah. her, you know. Yeah. Is she gonna be Carl's girlfriend? Is she gonna be like this weird goth girl? I mean I mean they really didn't have a, a you know, a place for her, a direction for her, and this really gives her a reason to be there and a reason to react and act, yeah. you know. So I I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah.
1: So poor Daryl um, acts as a tourniquet, Enid looks through the medical books real quick, makes sure she gets it in the right spot, um, and amputates poor Aaron's arm. And uh, that was that
0: was rough. Yeah, I think but he, Aaron seemed to have a pretty good attitude about he it. Did. He
3: yeah. did. He did. <laughs> he to get some painkillers or whatever, and she's like, there's no time to wait for it to take effect. Yeah. And Aaron's just like, just do it.
1: And of course, when all this is going on, Daryl goes out and goes off on, uh, on on Justin, and you know that's where we get the bit yeah. about the the walkie-talkie, and and Daryl just starts pummeling the crap out of him, and <coughs> yeah, 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 and Carol even pulls him off and is like, "Look, no, that like you're not wrong with what you're doing, you know. He needs to be punished, but this is not." You know, no, we can't. You can't just, dig, you know, dish out vigilante justice like this. Like it's gotta. Like I think she's trying to get into almost the Michonne. Uh, yeah, camp. I
3: mean, uh, the underlying theme of most of this episode was we need law and order. Yeah, yeah. Bomb yeah. bomb. Bum. Um, yeah.
1: So Daryl pretty much pummels him pretty good, uh, and one, you know, Rick goes in and talks to to Aaron. And and they have a really cool, you know. Rick is really torn up about what happened to Aaron, and I think it it kind of brings things to a head for Rick, where it's not all as great as he thinks it's going to be. You know that in general, you know that they're they're moving in the right direction. He believes that, and I think that that's accurate. Um, but not everything is going as swimmingly as he wants it to, or he thinks he can make it. But but like you're saying, Jim, Aaron has a really good attitude about it. He's like, look you know before you came along and again it's more like the Rick Hero worship stuff but um yeah. I-, I think given where this season is going i think we're just going to see a lot of that um but you know he says you know there was there was nothing you know it was the end of the world before you came along and kind of you know showed us that we could we could work together and we can all together yeah and we could all do do this and so he's like he basically he's okay with it he's like yeah it sucks i got no arm but you know he's not blaming anybody, and it's it's a very Aaron thing, right? Like this doesn't seem out of character for Aaron at all,
0: right? Uh, oh, I agree. It just it just seemed like he had a really good attitude about losing his, arm. yeah. <laughs> like, wow, okay.
1: Yeah. Maybe it was the 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 loss of blood making him delirious. Right. Um. Okay, so I have a note in my notes. I have I have a, th- a thing oh. in my notes. Uh, so there's a commercial break. Oh, we we uh, let me let me do this. So we cut back to to Gabriel and and Anne, and this is when they're outside and um and things are getting a little more heated with them. And Gabriel talks about how because Anne's like, who is that person that you made me paint? Like who is that woman? And um, Gabriel said it was his organist. And you know, knowing what we know about Gabriel and how he basically was a coward and walked out on his congregation and caused them to. Uh, to all get overtaken, and the guilt that he he locked him out of the church. Yeah, yeah, and the guilt that he felt for it. Um, I, I think it was his way of trying to say, uh, like, or get her to paint a picture of her so before he forgets, you know, probably what she looks like and and you right. know, what she meant. Um, and so, of course, Gabriel and and Anne uh, are, are share a moment. I guess they're going to be an, an item, which I think is is. I think it's it's interesting. I think it'll be a interesting uh, pairing for those two. Um, yep. But anyway, we cut to a commercial. And after the commercial, uh, before we come back to the show, um, it's Carrie Payton uh, shilling for the supply, the Walking Dead supply drop. Did you guys see this commercial?
0: No, I
3: didn't. Oh, I fast-forwarded. Oh, through, man. So. I,
1: I was starting to fast-forward it, and I actually rewound it and went back. Um, it's actually basically like a loot crate or, um, you know, like collector core, smuggler's bounty, whatever you want to call it. Like these these monthly boxes, I guess. So apparently AMC has a Walking Dead one now. Um, and, and and Carrie Payton was literally going through like all of the stuff in the box. And it was like, oh, it's, it's, it's a hat with a hat on it. It was like a hat that had an embroidered hat that Glenn wore on the show. Um, and it was like a um i forget what the, there there's a funko pop of somebody that was like that had died and it was like a uh, it, was, it was really funny, but it was like all this stuff in this box, and it was like it was like just this shill for this walking dead supply drop is what they call it. I just thought it was funny, but anyway, since we were talking about the ratings and and all these other uh, avenues, I'm like, well, here's one more way they're going to try and uh, market cap uh, you know capitalize on on this property. It's like, well, if the ratings are going to cause a bit of a dip, one way to make up revenue is to uh, sell tchotchkes to people once a month, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Some of them are pretty cool. I know on uh, on oh, are we are we have a, a sponsor who does a subscription box of D&D stuff and it's pretty sweet. So, I mean, you know, for for some I mean, I personally don't subscribe to any of them, but I mean, you know, I could see why people would.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I did the back when Funko was doing it. They've they've handed it over to Amazon for the most part now, but they did the Smuggler's yeah. Bounty and the the Marvel Collector Core. Um and some of it was hit or miss. It started to get a little more miss than hit. It also had
3: the DC box going. Yeah, too. yeah. It got a little more yeah, miss I'd than subscribe hit. I subscribed to all of those. I, I was on all of those. I had the Nerd Dirt, was it Nerd Box? Something like that, and Loot Crate. And like with uh, Loot Crate and Nerd Box, I was just. I started to realize, okay, there's usually one item that's good that I want, and the rest of it's stuff that, you know, I'm either putting on eBay or giving to my nephew or something like that. And when I looked at the cost analysis, it was cheaper for me just to go on eBay and buy that one thing from somebody (laughs) than to keep those subscriptions going. So I all of that. Um, You know, but if it's – I have seen some different, you know, retailers that have – Subscription boxes of stuff that you know it, it looks worth it. I just I, I'm kind of burned out
0: on those boxes. That's cool. This one is, but yeah, I see, I see what you're saying though. You know, they're trying to monetize it any way they can, yeah, so. yeah.
1: This one's quarterly. Uh, i so I'm oh, looking oh, at the website, man. so this one's quarterly. Uh, and it's they are not a sponsor of the show. I am not uh, advertising or advocating uh, the purchase yet. of this project of uh, product <laughs> yet. yet. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but it's quarter- not that we
0: wouldn't be adverse yeah, to that, have, uh, yeah. if
1: you're listening <laughs> amc give us a call um yeah. it's quarterly and it's 49.95 plus shipping so oh yeah it's a little
3: it's a little pricey a little pricey yeah that's like the dc's world's finest subscription box it's once a quarter too and it's got some cool stuff in it usually but Again, it's one of those things where it's probably cheaper just to buy that one thing off somebody on eBay than it is to keep the quarterly box going because that's more than fifty bucks. I think it was like sixty nine dollars a month or something, like yeah. that. This- or a quarter. So it was it was high. Yeah,
1: this is forty nine ninety five and eight dollars shipping. So yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. Like anyway. I said, as we talk about. You know ratings and ways that they're monetizing and right. and things like that. Here's here's one more. So
3: now I did see the commercial with the actors for Abraham and Eugene over the Walking Dead video game or whatever. The real life where they're walking around. The, oh right right. Kind of like the Pokemon Go thing, I guess, except it's
0: zombies now. I yeah. don't know. It's an AR game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. I thought I would. I would. Uh, mention it um but yeah so after the break we cut back to the to the uh camp at night and things have kind of calmed down Uh, rick confronts uh justin and basically tells him you know like look i was i was willing to give you the benefit of the doubt earlier but uh not anymore and he he pretty much tells him to get his stuff and he's got till the morning and he needs to 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 leave and if he comes back he tells him um that what does he what does he tell him that the it'll be something something like uh, and basically he 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 goes through his diatribe. I used to be a cop and I used to you know basically like I knew people like you and I used to arrest you and lock you up all the time because you were uh, you were trouble from from jump and so anyway he he kicks Justin on his way and pretty much tells him he'll kill him if he comes back. So again, a little bit of a turn for. For Rick, because he kind of sees that uh, that maybe when he, I I wouldn't say he went against Daryl, but the fact that he's he's been a little light, I think on the Saviors, given their uh, given the way they've kind of been doing things, uh, I I think he's kind of he's he's seeing it a little bit and starting to to come down a little harder on them. I guess is what I want to say.
0: Well, so I'm thinking that he's finally seeing the need for like, you know, like we were saying, law and order, like yeah. some, some actual like, you know, guidelines here rather than just you know, oh, I said you could stay, oh, it's time to go, you right. know.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, and then we we get the scene with uh, Carol and the King, and I, I, this was a again another great scene between the two of them where uh, she asks him if he has the ring. And he's he's like, Yeah, I have it and uh you know, she's playing coy with it and the king's he's like ready to he's like uh like like a teenager, like he's ready to get down on one knee, he's like he's like and she's like, No, you know, no, don't do th- no, don't do that. Like you are know, not gonna <laughs> do that. And he's like, But I have a speech and she's like, I'm sure you do. <laughs>
0: uh, he's always had a flair for the dramatic. Has, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Always had a flair for the dramatic that one. So. Yep.
1: But she lets him put the ring on her, um, and they just kind of both, you know, smiling and happy. I don't know. I just – I like – I just – I really like those scenes with the two of them when they, when they kind of act this way. Because, again, I, I think it's it's really neat to see the king with his kind of – without all the theatrics and with his guard right. lowered. and And I kind of like seeing Carol where she's kind of in a position where she doesn't have to be the hard ass too, where she could kind of lighten up a little bit. And kind of be the object of his affection, and uh, I don't know. It's just, it just like it's it. The scenes are sweet, and and they're they're well written, and they're definitely well acted. I mean those those two, um, they definitely. And pull one off. of them is actually
0: going to die soon.
1: That's what I'm. I <laughs> yeah. I I'm fearful of of
0: that. Yeah, you know when yeah. people get happy on this show, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, where's
3: the rug? So either one or both of them are um yeah
0: (laughs) probably doomed
3: hopefully not yeah
0: yeah i hope not either because if they kill carol we riot Riot. right i'm I'm gonna riot i'll be rioting all by myself (laughs) no i'll be (laughs) Uh,
1: so yeah we we see how things are working out you know maggie lets earl out she's letting him fix the plow she talks to michonne and says i'm gonna give you the food like i promised um we're going to plow the field. We're going to plant the crops. We're, you know, and she's like, I'm willing to work with you on some laws. Like it's, but she tells her like, look, I'm not giving up my authority. Like I'm not going to let some law tell me explicitly what I can and cannot do in my own place. Um, and Michonne looked like she's like, well, okay, that, you know, that's reasonable. Uh, you know, she kind of says the yeah, same same with us, and so I don't think Michonne is looking for like uh, you know a list of seventy five amendments to you know to some kind of crazy constitution that outlines you know a, a three hundred page penal code or anything like that. I think. I think what she's looking at is just kind of a general guideline of, you know, are we going to give people due process? Are we not going to give it? Is it a, you know, is it one person determines, you know, guilt innocent kind of thing, is there going to be like a uh, you know, is there a tribunal or is there a, you know, a, a you know, court system, you know, what what whatever it is. You know, I think she's she just wants to set up a framework for how, you know, this can work.
0: And I think well, if she, if she floats, then she is made of wood, yes. and therefore <laughs> yes. is a witch. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> yes. I'm sorry, they dropped all the Monty Python on Netflix this week, so we've been watching oh, it the house. Love it. Um,
3: well, I think back to like when the colonies first formed in America and whatnot. I mean, each colony, while they were under England's laws, as things went on, each colony had kind of their own set of rules and everything, but then they interacted with the other colonies under, you know, what eventually became a federal system. But, you know, states or communities or whatever, even, you know, you go from local, state, federal level and everything. So Maggie can, or the hilltop can have its own certain set of rules within its walls, but then, you know, there needs to be a set of rules that applies to everybody when they're not in those walls.
1: Yeah. I think part of it is they don't want everybody fleeing from one area to the other, or they don't want everybody just being like, forget this. I'm out. Like, you know, right. killing people at the hilltop, screw this place. I'm going to the sanctuary.
0: <laughs> um Or sanctuary, you know, legalizes marijuana. Then everyone will move yeah, there. Yeah. You know, you don't want that. <laughs> Yeah.
3: Well, do we? Yeah.
1: Well, anyway. Uh, so yeah. So so that that was kind of again. It it kind of shows that everybody's willing to to kind of work this out. And and again, I think Maggie and Maggie explains to to Michonne what we talked about earlier about her dad and his his alcohol problems. And I think it made for a good way to show that that. Maggie kind of changed her mind like it wasn't just out of the blue it wasn't for no reason you know that that there was some logic behind it it wasn't just like a flip-flop kind of thing or you know people that just right. were displaying you know crappy writing or whatever you want to call it I mean there was actual an actual reason why it made sense
0: right
1: um and then of course Rick goes back uh, and finishes out the speech that we saw at the beginning of the episode, and he tells them, you know, like, hey, we, you know, this was a rough day, and a man lost his arm, and you know, but at the end of the day, I can't tell you again if, if we did a drinking game of the amount of times he said together, uh, I'd have been, together. I'd have been passed out drunk before uh, the the last two minutes of this episode was over. Uh, it, it it's so funny because I can't not hear it. You know what I mean? Like every time
3: he says, "Yeah, it,
0: we had a few, we had a few people write about that in the Buster ratings as well." It's so. like
3: every time I hear him say it, it's just like, "Uh, it's like, yeah. Hey, Russ, it's gotten worse for me. Anytime I hear anybody in any area of my life say the word "together," I immediately go
1: "together." Yeah, I told you, my CEO of our company sent an email out, and <laughs> oh, yeah. he finished, he signed it off with "We're all in it." Let's do this together, or something like that. And I just had the Rick voice in my head. Uh, it's too funny, um, but anyway, he goes on this whole spiel, and uh, and of course, Negan's having none of it. Negan's like, "Yeah, you yeah. think this is what it is?" And he's like, "Well, who are you doing this for? You know, this is this is you know, right. you doing it for Carl?" and and Rick tells him, "Don't you ever, uh, you know, say his <laughs> say his name out of your mouth again."
0: Well, I mean, there were a couple of cliffhangers there before he talks to Negan. I mean, first of all hear that chopper.
1: Oh, right. Ann was and, in the Ann lookout. Hears yeah. That chopper. No, it wasn't even a chopper.
0: Um, it was an airplane. Well, it sounded some some sort of air, aircraft. She could hear. Um, oh, they thought it so might be. The, and so then there was the one about Justin, who's going, who's uh You know, and he, he looks like he meets someone he knows. Yeah. And then he either gets abducted or killed. They really don't make a plane or whatever. So, I mean, there are a couple of you know threads there that might come up uh, later in the story. So, I remember the Justin thing. I,
3: I didn't. I have to go back. I don't remember the plane. Yeah, Anne is in the
1: bird's nest where Tara was, and she was looking out, and you see the lights flashing. It looked like an airplane, like like a airplane running lights, you know, where they they
0: yeah you know?
3: yeah. I totally. I must have been looking away. I don't know. I, I totally missed yeah. that. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Negan pretty much tells Rick, like, "Yeah, you're just getting it all ready for me to come back to it. Like it's it's he." He's convinced it's it's gonna fall apart. There's gonna be you know something's gonna happen, and it'll be ready for me to take it back over again because it's it's not gonna last. But Rick tells him he's like he's like, you'll never see it. He's like, you will stay here till you are dead. Like Rick fully intends on on Negan having a life sentence. like he is in there for life, and Rick is gonna come down and jack with him every chance he gets and rub it in his face as to how things are working out. Um, and Negan is like just biding his time going, yeah, you, you think that, but, uh, but yeah, I, I know, I know human nature. I know people and it's all going to go to hell and uh, it'll be ready for me when I get back.
3: I, I do have to say that I was displeased with the fact that the, whoever cut the trailer last week for, you know, the next episode to use the one really good line from Negan in this episode, which I think is also like one of the last lines it's like, come on, man. And they're not the first ones to use good things like that in a trailer, but come on. Not to mention, it made it very clear who he was talking to throughout the episode. I mean, oh, sure. Comic, no, sure, but non-comic readers. I mean, there were people on Talking Dead. I don't know who this woman was, I forget, but, um, you know, she was saying, I thought that he was talking to Carl's grave the whole time until Negan was revealed, so. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, he tells him, I thought it was funny, he tells Negan, he says, it's human nature to come together.
0: Hmm. Yeah, they're... Everybody drank again. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that's pretty much the episode for this week. So what do we give our Buster ratings? R- Richard, you go first. Don't we need to first
3: have a word from our sponsor? We could.
0: TCB service. Service is their sponsor, as they have been since the inception of this great podcast, and they are the greatest sponsor we could hostily have. Why you may ask? Allow me to tell you. They have everything a geek could possibly want under the sun. Mm. Not only not only in Walking Dead stuff. Don't get me wrong, I mean if you're into the Walking Dead, you want to catch up with the comics, which you know just celebrated I think it's their fifteenth anniversary. Yep. Um recently. Uh, you can do all that at d c b service in you know paper trade paperback form in single issue form in omnibus form in compendium form all at thirty forty fifty percent off but my friends, the holiday season is upon us i have done my one of my uh resolutions for the year was that I was going to uh do uh my christmas shopping early this year and if you you know celebrate hanukkah or christmas or or whatever else. And you have a geeky person in your life, you could do a whole lot worse than going to DCB service and stocking up on the goodness there. I'm looking at these, uh, something I might get from my wife that are kind of cool, because I always joke that she's my Khaleesi. Hey. Uh, we got some sculpted dragon egg candles. They look like the dragon eggs from uh, Game of Thrones. Um, they are 20% off, normally 25, going for 19.99. dollars um, All kinds of, and again, not just comic books, not just graphic novels. They have statues action figures gaming supplies clothing collectibles uh, you name it and it's and it's kind of nerdy or geeky or, or pop culture they will have it and they will have it at 20 30 40 sometimes 50 percent off. They always have a giant um, uh, section of specials uh, marked down all the time at least 40 or 50 percent deep discount um, Here's a really cool uh, journal that looks like the, uh, the the handbook for the recently deceased. From uh, from uh, Beetlejuice. I have that. Oh, do you? It's, it's I actually great. got that in a loot crate a while back. <laughs> this is uh, 20% off this week. Uh, really cool uh, Game of Thrones Seven Kingdoms tankard set. Uh, these really cool beer steins. Um, they look like they're really nice. They're inlaid with metal and ceramic uh, for each of the Seven Kingdoms from Game of Thrones, if you're a fan of that show. Um, I, I really like this coffee, the Super Mario Coffee Cug Mug. Uh, that which doesn't kill you makes you smaller. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, but you could you could spend hours and hours looking through their website at all the cool stuff there. Um, right now they have fifty percent off Marvel. And DC uh, bundles for your comics, if you want to get into comics. All DC Vertigo and Jinx World bundles are 50% off. All Marvel First Start bundles are 50% off. And DC and Marvel hardcovers and trade papers are also 50% off. That's half price. It's cheaper than Amazon. And you're dealing with real people, not a giant faceless conglomerate corporation. These people will, will help you if you have a problem. Uh, they're they're a small business, and I always like to encourage people to to shop small business. I mean, heck, even if you use Comixology and get digital stuff, you can earn five percent towards orders on DCB Service with all your purchases there. I mean, you can't go wrong with DCBService.com dot com and InStockTrades.com, dot com, their uh, their sister site. And again, the holiday seasons are coming up. You might want to look around and see if you find some cool stuff for your friends and fam uh, at a great price uh, from great people that will do you right. So, and we thank them for their support as always.
1: Excellent. All right, so Rich, now your your Buster rating,
3: Buster's. I um, can I give a six out of five. I I really really enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, it it, it was it, on one hand kind of a moving some pieces around, you know, to form the bigger picture later in the season, but at the same time. Like Jim was saying earlier, just the relationships, the interaction, um, the motivations behind what the different characters were doing, it was really on point. There's not really anything that stuck out as bad or even close to a problem in this episode as far as the writing, the acting, the directing, cinematography, all of it. It was just very, very well done. This is probably my favorite episode Um in a long long time uh i really loved it so yeah five out of five or six out of five if i can do that
0: jim i'll go four and a half out of five i really liked it too i like where they're going this season i like the um the fact there is no big bad quote unquote it's just kind of like uh growing pains for for the civilization that they're trying to build and it all makes sense it's all very uh It all seems to come together very well, and again, I was worried like some of these conflicts were going to seem kind of forced or kind of you know not not written well or kind of uh, you know eye rolly. But it has not been the case at all. I really like where Angela Kang is taking this season and what she's been doing with the cast, and I give it a four and a half out of five. It's right up there with some of the best uh, episodes we've seen.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, I, I I think again the writing, the direction, the fact that there weren't kind of the silliness and the, the eye rolly, there were no eye rolly moments for me in this at all. There were a lot of really cool tender moments. There were some good action moments, uh, a lot of cool character conflict, a lot of character growth. Uh, I, I just, I think this show is on the right track and, uh, I wasn't as down on the last couple seasons as maybe some folks were, but I definitely like the direction. I like this world building. Uh, and I like, I like where they're taking this, uh, this season. So,
0: well, Aaron Newworth had some words about this episode. I know. Uh, spoiler alert! He really liked it as well, and uh, he pre-recorded some stuff for us. Well, why don't we uh, go ahead and play that now?
2: Hey guys, sorry I couldn't make it today to uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast, but I did want to add my two cents on episode two of season nine, The Bridge. Uh, I love this episode. I think it's a fantastic return to the character drama that this show initially started as before it became what it's been for the past couple seasons, which is a lot of emphasis on the brutality of everything, which doesn't bother me in terms of, hey, we're watching a zombie show, but it does bother me when we're getting a lot less of the dynamics between the actors that are typically very good at what they're supposed to be doing here, uh, weighed against very plot-specific things going on with Negan and all that. Um, so the lack of that and the focus back on seeing Maggie becoming a, a leader and making hard decisions or Rick neg- navigating the kind of territory, certainly, uh, I just thought that all was really well handled. Uh, I'm sure the rest of the guys will point out all the big highlights of the episode, but I'd like it quite a bit. Uh, and one last thing since I wasn't on last week, um, I just don't want to mention also that uh, Scott Wilson – uh was a great actor um and it's very unfortunate that he did pass away but he, he in addition to you know the many film roles that he had over the years he he was a great presence of walking dead when he was around so i just wanted to acknowledge that as well i know you guys probably covered that last week but i just wanted to put my two cents on that so yeah uh the bridge a uh, really good episode i'd give it a solid four maybe four and a half busters if i watched it again out of five um, And yeah hopefully i'll be
0: back soon enough thanks guys okay thanks aaron for those uh, everyday words as always but uh, you all know, who, wacky Aaron, you know, of that Aaron, he's a wacky funster, that's for sure. But who cares what we think? Not I said nobody, I, um, nobody, absolutely. That's why everybody listens to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, nobody people cares, really what, cares what, we what we think, that's why they listen. <laughs> um, but we got buster ratings from all sorts of people. I'm going to start off with one from Andrew Park because he sent it into an email. And if you would rather send me an email than join our Facebook group, I mean, certainly understand that not everybody's into the Facebook. Uh, it's WDTV at com, which is also where you can find the podcast and all the other wonderful podcasts in our network, uh, com. But Andrew Park, who did our wonderful art for the uh, the new banner on the Facebook uh, page, uh, drew us all as zombies. Very, very <laughs> nice stuff there. I know uh, it's not on Facebook, but... <laughs> He's not on Facebook, but he has the banner on the Facebook page. Kel Iloni as the French say. Uh, good evening, gents. 2.5, I played the together drinking game, and it didn't end well out of 5. I'm not sure how I feel about this season, compared, especially compared to the excellent Fear season 4. I think the freshness of Fear's new cast and the writing of the characters on that show really highlights how stuffy and enclosed the parent show has become, in my opinion. I understand this episode was about building bridges, physically and via second chances, And I can see the writing is more subtle than the Gimple era, but I hope they don't keep this up for too long. They're talking about making this season in terms of a horror western. True, it resembles Little House on the Prairie with skin munchers. Uh, But I'm unsure the departure of Rick, that Daryl will be a strong enough character to carry the attempted Game of Thrones low-level resource management intrigue show they're trying to shift to. How long will that last anyway? Until they all have to band together to fight the Whisperers. (gasps) Sidespot! Um, they might want to look for the missing ethanol truck outside Polar Bear's gas station. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing Kampai's segment on the podcast. You should think about getting Yukiyoshi onto the podcast as a guest host. Best wishes from England, and I'm glad you like the banner. And if Russ wants to be drawn the lineup, send me a photo, and I'll be glad to do it. As I told you in an email, Russ, or Andrew, uh, Russ cannot be photographed because he has sold his soul to the devil. Uh, P.S. <laughs> prediction: Rick, Rick leaves in episode eight. They have to rinse it out as far as possible, uh, don't they? Spend a few episodes with ghosts of Rick, pa- Rick's past. Shane, Herschel, T. Dog, maybe him driving the school bus. <laughs> Signed, Andrew Park. Thanks, Andrew, for writing in. Um, and as I mentioned, everyone else who wants to who uh, has given us um, Buster ratings has done so on the Facebook page, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook page, available on the Facebooks. Uh, you may have heard of Facebook. It's it's fairly popular with the young people, uh, but we have a wonderful uh, group there. Uh, we have uh, links to Aaron's uh, written reviews of each episode of The Walking Dead. We have uh, you know news and memes and fun stuff that we uh, put up there as the week goes. And also, as I mentioned, everybody likes to put up their Buster ratings for each episode. Um, and I'm about to read those now. Uh, Karen she started out with uh, notice the paintings, cool Easter egg, and or diegetic homage. From Maggie of her family and she had a picture of Jesus in the house at hilltop and behind him our photo are uh, paintings of Herschel and I think that's Beth there on the left and um uh, it's, it's a nice shout out it was, it was a oh, cool her detail that or Anne did those as well right right it's I think it's a cool detail that I missed when I watched the show actually so thanks Karen for pointing that out um. Samantha Jackson wrote in, four out of five busters. Favorite moment was Daryl hitting Justin with a pot. (laughs) Short and sweet. I like that one, Samantha. Uh, Duray Irvin, five who's snatching saviors out of five. I loved every minute of it. Such a wonderful episode. All the Herschel references were heartbreaking. Uh, Katie Levesque writes in, 4.5 out of five mother goose calls from Tara. Uh, The top moments, Daryl double knife zombie attack and pan attack. Michonne, chat with Maggie on the porch. Carol and Ezekiel, campfire time. Enid and Daryl, assist arm amputation. Looking forward to next episode. Skull emoji. Uh, Mike Jones, 3.5 jail field trips out of five. Like last week, a little too wordy and soap opera for me. Janice and the helicopter story needs to be wrapped up. It's been hinted at so much I don't care about it anymore. I feel like they just told us Jesus will take over Hilltop when Maggie heads off to join the large colony. Uh, Negan and Rick's talk was the best part for me. This is my favorite Negan scene since his debut. I believe the Whisperers are the saviors who have disappeared rather than a whole new group. Uh, next week's preview looked really good. I don't want to go too far into the Whisperers. It's kind of a spoiler from the comics, but... Uh, Charlie Messing, four out of five busters for me. I really enjoyed this episode much better than last week. That being said, it was all over this episode and was a major part of it all. I just have a hard time seeing how the show is going to go on without him. Last week's pod, even missing half the gang, gets a 5 out of 5. Thanks. Well, thanks. And like I said, we we ate Daryl, so who knows if he'll be back. If he'll be back, he'll just be like, brains. Yeah, so nothing unusual. Nothing Would it be brains or again. spaghetti? Probably spaghetti, oh, okay. knowing Daryl. He is a spaghetti fiend. Uh, Jason Grading wrote in, 5 Andrew Lincoln logs out of 5. Uh, this has probably been my favorite episode in the last couple of seasons. Aaron's arm amputation was stomach turning. Uh, Rick spouting off rapid fire togethers during his last speech was a nice touch for all of us playing the together drinking game at home. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one disappointed by Carol not telling Ezekiel, letting Ezekiel give his proposal speech. And even though I'm not invested in the whiskey drinking, sawdust around savior, uh, the ending left me wanting more. A great overall episode. I hope they can keep it up. Uh, Susan Monk. Three accelerated medical residencies out of five. Wow, that amputation. Jerry has a girlfriend. Good for him. Uh, did Carolyn Ezekiel get engaged this week? For realsies, is all this all my children or The Walking Dead? Tonight's Rick together uh, drinking game score is five. Last week's was four. Um, DeRay Irvin wrote in the uh, sips wine at every together said and got pretty tipsy. So. Uh, Do that at your own risk. I personally, I I drink Diet Pepsi, of course. What else would I drink for a drinking game, right? Uh, (laughs) Johnny Store wrote, said, Five, I'd like to watch Jadis out of five. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I liked everything that happened in this episode. Love all the couples hooking up. The naming of different herds is rad. Aaron Arm, holy schnanky, didn't see that coming. Uh, The whole writing is on point so far. The only problem I have, and it's a major one, the savior who left and got attacked or whatever at the episode better be alive. I'm a big fan of that actor. He's really good at acting, so I hope he's still on the show. People disappearing, huh? Remember Heath? I'll just whisper his name. Oh, that was very subtle, Johnny. Good job. <laughs> uh, Mike Glitzman wrote in, Three new beginnings. By next episode, I expect Herschel and Judith to hook up. What? Wow. I think somebody had too much of the uh, together drinking game there. <laughs> Just a baby. I mean, Judith is that she
3: cougar? C- a cougar? Herschel's dead. I don't. know it's uh, Maggie's
0: baby's name. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I, I was thinking the other Herschel. Um, Brent. Uh, that'd be quite a time jump. Uh, Brent Jones. Four Colonel Mustards in the Woods with a knife out of five. This had a good mix of events to keep me interested and intrigued. A murder mystery. Lots of dissension in the ranks. Uh, Mary Turk Pecky, a four point two five traditional busters. So I'm going old school because that's how the episode felt to me. For the first time in many seasons, I was reminded why I love this show. It makes sense that relationships grew. It makes sense that relationships grew and or fostered during the time gap. I like that Enid is being trained to be a medic. I like that Ann Jadis is bringing art and apparently other jobs to the community, and I like the way they structure the workload. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens next. Uh, Rob Cook, 4.5 seriously gnarly arm injuries out of 5. Love the lumberyard, lumberyard scene, double knife attack, the Rick log kills were spectacular. Kind of reminded me of uh, Uncharted when he shot the the, the uh, rope for that, I just mentioned, just realized that. Uh, some great character moments throughout, and you can see how they're bringing Daryl Moore to the front to take over from Rick. The last two minutes gave us a mystery woods lurker and a helicopter. Magnificent. Uh, the show has seriously upped its game, and I'm here hoping to keep it up. Next week looks like Negan's prediction is coming true. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, the marathon man himself, 4.5. Maggie's trying to sow some oats while Father Gabriel is getting his out of five. What a great episode. This felt like the old Walking Dead, and I was totally hooked. The log kill scene was awesome. P.S. I completed another marathon uh, last weekend with a PB. <laughs> Once again, all you guys kept me entertained on my long runs in the training. So thank you. We did it together. <clears throat> uh, David B. third, three loggerheads out of five. I had high expectations for this episode coming off last week's opener. The log scene topped off my evening. Props to opening with a dialogue with Negan and finishing the episode by closing that bookend. And that was the highlight for me. We definitely needed the gap story told. I think they did a good job of telling it, but there really wasn't much to tell. I have a hard time believing it was an 18-month gap, too. Um, Yuki Yoshi Sawada. Wow, you gave me a break this week. Uh, zero, not a real bus, of five. Take a huge breath, Mr. Deeds, and savor it, good sir. <laughs> Didn't look like I'll get to see the episode till Friday. My net is out, and being a DirecTV now, direct now user, I rely on net power to watch TV Campai. Well, I'll be looking forward to you next week.
1: Double up next week.
0: That's right. I'll, I'll get my uh, my vocal cords in training now. And Robert Nigro uh, finished up uh, 4.5 character interactions out of 5. This episode balanced well the drama and danger and character interaction much like seasons 1 and 2 did. I thought this was becoming a show I don't normally watch because of its re- relentless despair and violence. As for the Walkers, the group had gotten so adept at dealing with them, either bending them to their will or or shooing them away, even while waging that long, tedious war. The dead have been a real threat again, and it's appropriate for our team to be in a true jam and panic occasionally, notwithstanding Ezekiel's pure plot device peril in the season opener. As for the character interaction, I'm not sure I needed to dimly see Anne, quote, shaking hands with Gabriel, <laughs> but at least people have been able to chat in clean clothes lately. <laughs> Uh, The dialogue and quieter moments between Jesus and Tammy, Maggie and Earl, even Rick and Negan, were all used to good effect to advance both the personal personal relationships and the plot. And if you, too, would like to uh, grace us with your opinion of each episode of The Walking Dead, then we, by all means, invite you to do so at The Walking Dead TV Podcast Facebook group. Just join the group. We'll sign you up and get you in there. And you, too, can tell us what you think about each episode as the season goes on.
1: Excellent. If you want to hear more of me and the uh, aforementioned Mr. Taylor, who is not here right now, uh, you can go over to the Taylor Network of Podcasts and check out Gotham by Geeks or on this very network where we do It's All Connected. Uh, it's our Marvel Cinematic Universe-centric podcast. Uh, Daredevil Season 3 is coming up this weekend. so Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I think we'll have some stuff to say about that. Um, and then, of course, this show here. Uh, and then Mr. Neworth, you can uh, look through your podcast app and look for Out Now, which is a podcast that he does with his co-host Abe, where they talk about uh, the week's new releases, um, as well as you can check out his Walking Dead, Walking Dead TV recap reviews over on We Live Entertainment, um, which he does regularly. Mr. Chub Toad, where can folks see here and uh, pick you up on the
3: interwebs? Well, of course, here, and at some point we'll get back to the DC podcast. Um, I'm behind on watching so many things. It's just been really busy at work lately. Um, but uh, I, I'm hoping to have something soon. Um, other than that, follow me on the socials at ChubToe01. Mr. Dietz?
0: You can check me at com, where me and Daryl and Donny Salvo go over the week's uh, viewings in TV and news uh, every week, all week long. We just hit uh, episode 300 a little while ago. The podcast is called Nothing's On. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify now. Uh, you could also, uh, check me out over at old where we have our live play, uh, RPG, uh, podcasts, the great old ones and the crown of Queens. We play some D and D and then we take those games and, uh, add sound effects and music in the background and all kinds of fun stuff to kind of make it more of a theater of the mind thing. And old magic gaming.com is going to be sponsoring a, uh, an extra life, gaming marathon on Twitch. We're going to play for, I think is eight straight hours on November 10th and we're going to be raising money for children's hospitals in the Children's Children's Miracle Network. Um, my local hospital here in that network is Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. So if you would like to donate, that would be totally awesome. Uh, we will be playing live on Twitch TV. Uh, I will be announcing the uh, – I think it's going to be on the Yoda Jones channel there on Twitch TV that I've already established. And we're going to be playing for eight straight hours, kind of bringing in some of the all-stars from around the old Magic Gaming Network – Uh, to come together to play a game called The Malignant 7. Together. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be playing together. Uh, It's for a good cause, helping out kids, uh, hospitals, uh, kids who are injured, kids who are sick. And uh, Extra Life is a great charity, and we're we're happy to be a part of it. Um, Hopefully we'll be able to raise a whole bunch of money for them. So please, please donate if you can.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week um, to talk about the next episode of The Walking Dead, and hopefully the rest of the the crew will be back, but you'll at least hear three of us. I think Aaron is back next week, Um, and if if Daryl gets better from his spaghetti food coma, he'll be on as well. Um, So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, it's human nature to come together. Together.
0: (laughs) Good night, everybody. I forgot to charge the the alarm. Sorry.